Welcome to the Overnight Trainer Podcast, where each week we talk about all things related to the world of learning and development, including facilitation, instructional design, sales enablement, and so much more. I'm your host, Sarah Canistra, and I'm an L&D strategist and career coach, and I'm here to take the guesswork out of becoming an L&D professional and show you how to unlock continued success in your learning and development career. I'm on a mission to quickly develop the next generation of L&D leaders who are looking to create meaningful and engaging learning experiences. So, if you're looking to transition into L&D for the first time, have found yourself accidentally in a training position, or are working up the ranks as an L&D professional already, you've come to the right place. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Overnight Trainer Podcast. I'm super pumped that you're here today. Um, I'm really, really, really excited about this episode. It was an idea that came up. I just wrapped up, or we're in the process of wrapping up, the two-week Nailing Your Niche workshop series. And while we were in it, you know, we were talking about finding your niche, and that's a huge part of the job search process. Not the whole part, but a, 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 the first part of it. And... We are talking about so many different roles inside of learning and development and how to find your role. And one person asked the question and then several other were like, others were like, yeah, me too. <laughs> you know, said, I, I, what is learning and development? What is L&D? Like, I don't even know. And it, this is a question that I've been asked over and over again as well. And, you know, I had it, I've had it in my phone and my list of <laughs> podcasts to record for a while. And, you know, it really made me think about the fact that so many people who are transitioning into learning and development are doing it because they were told to. And that's not a, a terrible reason, right? You know, you know other people who've done it, you know, you kind of are fo- following the masses and doing it and it's a really wonderful field. Uh, obviously, I'm biased towards it, so I, I welcome you all with open arms. But the reality is a lot of people are trying to transition into it, but don't have a full idea of the scope around what it actually is. So today's episode, we're going to go deep into what learning and development is, as well as some adjacencies to it too. So when I say learning and development, and I help people get a career in learning and development, that's a really broad term that I use. And so I'll go over that in today's episode as far as, you know, the broad term of learning and development, but then kind of the, the specifics inside of learning and development and what are adjacent to it as well. So with that, I have two really, really fun announcements I want to make before we kick into today's episode. The first is that the Overnight Trainer Group Coaching Program is back bigger, better than ever. And so we are going to launch that program. It's going to be uh, starting on January 13th, which is just around the corner. But I have some really exciting news about it. The first thing is that it is moving from being an eight week long program to a six month long program. So what that means is that you actually get access to that program for six months. So if you're just in the beginning stages, you have access for six months. If you're already like 
halfway through the process and you're like, I need to kind of go back, refine my search and, and kickstart it up, it's perfect for you too. And so what I realized is that eight weeks, is, it, while doable for many, it's also a tough time frame for a lot of the self-discovery work that happens. You know, when we talk about finding the right role at the right company, it's not something that just poof, magically appears. There's a lot of hard work that goes into it. And so I always talk about the fact that the journey should be hard, but the process should be easy. So I am giving you everything you need to land your dream role, to make more money than you've ever imagined making before, and to be super, super happy, content, and an alignment with the company that you're you're working for. And so I go through how to find your niche, based on that, how to craft a resume that actually gets you noticed by recruiters, uh, cover letters, portfolios, all of that we go through. We also go through how to create a networking plan that works for yourself, right? And really actually gets people connecting with you in the right places. We also look at your LinkedIn, how to create a LinkedIn profile that makes recruiters come to you. And then lastly, we take a big chunk and a big piece of looking at how do you prepare for these interviews? Now that now that your resume is blowing up, your LinkedIn's blowing up, and you're having interviews left and right, how do you actually prepare for them? How do you stand out amongst the other people who have made it that far as well, right? Because what that says is they have a similar skill set as you. So how do you actually now stand out amongst the crowd uh, as far as, as nailing, that, nailing that role, nailing that L&D role that you're looking for? And we go over things like how to negotiate salary, how to negotiate flexible work, um, all of those kind of negotiate negotiations at the end as well. So that is included inside the program. Plus you get weekly access to group coaching calls. You get live coaching from me. You get access to a members only LinkedIn group. It's super private where you can get coaching from me in between sessions, worksheets, job aids, templates, resume, all templates, all of those things uh, you get inside of this group coaching program. And even though I I don't know if you know the math, but <laughs> what quadrupled the amount of time, let's see, uh, no, doubled the amount of time <laughs> inside of the, the group coaching program, what's available, um, or actually it's the same price. So you're getting a hell of a deal. Um, and right now, if you register before the 17th, so this is coming out on the 15th, so you register before the 17th. Uh, you also get a free Strengths Finders assessment uh, and a free Strengths Finders coaching, group coaching session as well. So that's separate from our regular group coaching sessions. Um, I use Strengths Finders with my one-on-one coaching clients and find that it really helps them identify the areas that they want to work in and helps really streamline the search. Um, you also get access in February. I'm doing a, a mini mastermind on building confidence. So you'll get access to that as well. So make sure that you register for that. If you go to my website, theovernighttrainer.com slash work dash with dash me, scroll down to the group coaching program. It is open for registration. I'm opening it up to podcast listeners uh, that you are getting one of the first access. I have my VIP list go, go out already earlier this month or earlier this week, but you are one of the first to hear about this. So this isn't gonna go live for till to the rest of the world um, until the 17th. So make sure you lock in your seat because I, I do keep this small, very, very small. So you have until the 17th to claim those extras. Uh, and then uh, the price will be going up on January 1st. So uh, right now it's $2,000. And payment plans do exist. I have a three-month and a six-month payment plan as well. Um, but that price will be going up January 1st. So if you are interested, 
come and join us. It's incredible. Uh, you can head to my website, hear from some other people who have joined the program, who have seen success. I mean, we're talking people who have doubled and tripled their salaries and have now have remote work and an incredible boss and incredible culture. And it is possible for you. Not one person who's walked through these doors has been a special unicorn that has possessed superpowers, right? They're all former educators, higher education, current teachers, administrative assistants, people just like you who are landing their dream roles, and I wanna help you do that. So that is my first announcement. Make sure to go to my website and sign up, register. We'd love to have you in the program, and if there's any questions you have, please feel free to DM me or email me. I'm happy to answer those for you. And my second announcement is that I have a new free guide up on my website. So if you go to theovernighttrainer.com, scroll down on the homepage, uh, you will see a new free guide, which is 50 plus L&D roles and the top skills needed to land them. This guy is a perfect accompaniment to today's episode. That's why this episode's coming out a little later because I need to get that up on the website. Um, but it's really, really helpful for you to look at beyond you know, just instructional design or facilitation, those type of things where we're often, when we are told to be in L&D, we're kind of siloed into these kind of two or three main areas. And this area, this guide will be really, really helpful for you to explore what else is out there besides just these main areas. So head to my website. It is totally free for you to download. Um, all you have to do is enter in your email address. Uh, it'll send you an email with a direct link to the free guide. And again, it's a really beautiful accompaniment to today's episode. So if you want to take a pause, download that first or take a look at that first and then listen to the episode or vice versa. Um, it'll be really, really helpful as you're listening along. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode. All right, so let's dive into what what is L&D? L&D is learning and development. So I know some people say, I should be an L&D. I don't even know what L&D stands for. So it stands for learning and development. And it's essentially to kind of put it into the a simple sentence or terms. You know, it's really the, the practice, the field, of training employees to build new skills within the organization or improve existing capabilities. All right, so again, very simple. There's we're gonna go more into it, but that's that's your kind of simple run-of-the-mill definition. It's the practice or the field of training employees inside of an organization to build new skills and and or to improve existing capabilities. So when we think about it, there's a couple of different definitions that came up as I was researching. And one is from AIHR Academy. And I'm going to link all of the resources that I used for this episode in the show notes. But this is their definition, and I really liked it. So I wanted to, to read it word for word to you all. Learning and development is a systematic process to enhance an employee's skills, knowledge, and competency, resulting in better performance in a work setting. Specifically, learning is concerned with the acquisition of knowledge, skills, and attitudes. Development is the broadening and deepening of knowledge in line with one's development goals. The goal of learning and development is to develop or change the behavior of individuals or groups for the better, sharing knowledge and insights that enable them to do their work better or cultivate attitudes that help them perform better. So, to, again, to kind of summarize that, right, is the function, the systemic process, the systemic function inside of an organization that is going to enhance an employee's skill set. So whether it's from a, a hard skill, a soft skill, I don't really love those words, but for you know, 
for this episode's purpose, whether it's a competency, whatever is going to help them perform better inside of the organization, do their job better, faster, more competently, more confidently, right? That is, that is the role of learning and development. And so when you think about learning and development, and I, I really like this, um, this actually came from Toolbox HR. And again, I'm going to link all of these. But they said typically L&D is categorized as part of a company's overall talent management strategy, where learning is used as a means to acquire, nurture, maximize, and retain talent. And so when I look at the work that I've done and the work that many of my peers have done in this space, you know, where L&D really shines is in that those last three parts, right? Nurture, maximize, and retain talent. So how do we nurture the talent that is coming in and make sure that they are growing, they are onboarded, that they are confident, they are comfortable, they have the knowledge, the skills, the capabilities they need in order to be successful in their role? Then how do we then from that, once they're nurtured and we continue to nurture, how can we maximize their potential and maximize their talent? How can we help them grow in areas that maybe they didn't even think they could grow in? And then the retaining part, right? Retention is so important. A lot of people leave their roles because they don't feel like they're being developed. You know, I'm working right now with several clients, but one in particular who has capped out at their organization. There's no place for them to go. There's no new skill really for them to learn. I mean, yes, in the grand scheme of life, could they learn more skills? Sure. But from a development standpoint inside of the organization, they're, they've hit their max. So there's some more attention standpoint because the organization isn't forward thinking and learning and having a, a strong learning and development department in that area, they're very much focused on the, the nurture and the maximize piece, but not so much on the retention. Like how do we, how do we grow people from here um, and help grow people in their positions? So when we look at the function of L&D, what the goal is, is to nurture talent, maximize talent, and retain talent. When I say talent, I mean your employees, the people who work in your organization. And so there's an art and a science to it too. So I don't want you to think that it's just, uh, you know, for, for one type of person or one type of mind, there's so many different things that you can do inside of learning and development. But learning development, learning and development as a whole is that the, the field and the practice of training, educating employees to build these new skills or build upon or explore and improve existing capabilities. And it does tie back to the, the, the function of the organization, right? The performance of the organization. A lot of times people will talk about learning and development as a performance piece, right? A performance consultant essentially is sometimes what we become inside of learning and development because we do work within organizations, right? So it's not, it's not just about how can I develop the employee to do whatever the employee wants, right? And there's, there is a beautiful piece of that that should be included in learning and development where it has nothing necessarily to do with the role or the organization itself. And many companies do offer that. So I, I digress from that for a second. That's another episode, but or will be another episode. But for the purpose of today's conversation, you know, we're really here helping organizations and the people within those organizations reach their goals, whether they are financial goals, whether they are you know, revenue goals, whether they are um, subscription goals, whatever it may be, customer service related goals. We are a support function. So learning and development is a support function inside of the organization. We are supporting the employees 
giving them all of the tools that they need to be successful in their roles. And when they are successful in their roles, right, the company will be successful in hitting their goals. So that's how learning and development really fits in to the organization. So where, like, where does it sit? Right? A lot of people ask them that question of like, okay, now I get it. Learning and development helps people inside the organization, employees inside the organization learn their learn their job, do their job well, perform well, all of that jazz, right? But where like where do we report into? And so this is different for a lot of different organizations. So it's not a one size fits all. Most common, I would say, is that learning and development fits under human resources or the people team or some people call it talent management, right? So kind of what I talked about before of like having acquisition under there too and, and recruiting. But m- the majority of the times learning and development sits w- under the human resources function. So it is one arm of human resources. So you may have a human resources department and inside of human resources, you have your payroll and benefits, you have your recruiting, you have compliance, right? Uh, employee relations can fit under there, um, some sort of budgeting, right? And then of course, learning and development, right? So that's kind of when you think about the critical human needs that people need within an organization, right? I need to get paid, I need benefits, I need someone to go to when I'm having a problem from an employee relations standpoint. You know, I need you know compliance to make sure I'm following the law and I need training, I need learning in order to be able to do my job well. And so a lot of times you'll see that it does fit under human resources and that it's its own in, in many organizations. And I think in organizations, if you're looking for a specific learning and development role, um, in many organizations, that's going to be fitting within a learning and development department underneath human resources. But learning and development doesn't strictly, it's not a its not 100% guarantee that you'll be working under the human resources department. So there's a good chance as well to kind of the next most likely place where learning and development sits is under operations. And so I say operations very loosely in the sense of kind of reporting directly into the arm of the business that is supporting kind of the day in and day out. So rather than it being human resources and more people function focused, it actually sits with the business side, the revenue side. Um, you know, for example, in my last world, uh, I my arm of I work for a learning and development department, but we reported directly into the business arm, and we were separate from human resources. So while we partnered with human resources on a lot of things, we reported directly into the president of the company. Um, our our arm of the organization did, and so we were reporting into operations and had a really close support there. So. I'm not going to go into all of the pros and the cons of, of both. I particularly prefer to be under human resources rather than operations. I think it is a, my personal opinion is that it's a people function. And so when we start to mix with operations too much, if there's not a focus on people within operations, right, then it becomes really challenging and it's it's much more business focused and it is people focused. And there's a balance between those two. But I have seen L&D report into operations and work really, really well. But again, having that operations arm or whoever's in charge of operations or the company culture, you know, be a, a strong, have a strong learning culture. And I did a an early on podcast episode about this 
I can't remember the number, but I can link it below on how to know if your organization has a learning culture and what questions to ask in an interview to find out if they do. So the reality about all of this is that it doesn't really matter where L&D sits, it's a bold statement, but it doesn't if the organization has a really strong learning culture. Because if it has a strong learning culture, you'll be able to do your job under any department, really. Um, but if it doesn't have a strong learning culture, it's going to be really, really challenging, uh, regardless of whatever department uh, L&D sits within. So then there's also the reality, and, and I see this less, it's less common, but that the learning and development department is its own department, and that it, it reports directly into the head of the organization or the CEO or uh, chief administrator officer. It kind of sits on, on its own um, as a partner to human resources, but not reporting directly into any type of operations, and it actually has its own department and its own kind of budget and it's standalone. Again, there's pros and cons to, to that as well, um, but it is it's something that, that does exist out there. And I'd say I see that more in smaller organizations, um, maybe more startup organizations where it's their first you know, learning role, it might report directly into the, into the CEO or to the head of the organization. And then I would say the last most kind of common one that we see is that it reports into the IT department, so information technology. And I see that more and more now because learning has gone digital in many, many ways. And so we talk about learning management systems and learning experience platforms. And because so much of it is technological, I do see a, a trend where learning and development departments sit under that IT space. And again, there's pros and cons to all of them. But like I said before, as long as the organization has a learning culture, it doesn't matter as much. Um, if the organization does not have a learning culture, it's it's gonna be challenging to do, to do any learning and development role and, and to have that impact in there. So I do encourage you to go back and listen to that episode about uh, learning cultures and making sure that the organization you are either working for now or going to be working for has a learning culture. So that's where L&D sits. So we kind of covered what L&D is as a whole, define that, where it typically sits. And then I want to kind of go through what sits under L&D. And, and this, this is where we kind of get into the art and I would say into more of the gray of that every learning and development department looks different. I've run four of them and all four of them have looked completely different. I've had ones where I've had a team of 22 and one where I've been a team of one, right? So um, it really just depends on your, on your organization, the budget that they have, the type of role you're looking for. Um, a lot of different factors and, and what the organization needs, right? Remember, this is a support role. So in this role, we support the organization. Ultimately, the organization's goals are our goals. So the way that it works is we look at, and the way it should work, I should say that, is that, you know, here's the organization's goals. They want to, you know, raise revenue by 3%. They want to increase their customer service scores to a 4.8 out of 5, right? So you look at what these goals are, then you're able to say from a learning perspective, well, where, where are the gaps? Why aren't people able to, to complete this? Or where we missed the mark on this? Or how can we, you know, who, who has achieved that? And what have they done? And how can we replicate that? And helping employees, you know, what are the learning goals that come from that, from, from the, the analysis that we do there? So when we think about it, right, like that's, that's L&D as a whole is how do my, how do, how do the organization's goals turn into learning goals? And how do we then as a learning department execute on those goals and help people achieve, achieve greatness? And so when we think about what sits under it and what forms a learning and development department, it can look totally different, but I'm going to speak in, in general terms. 
So typically what you can find in a standard general kind of learning and development department is going to be your corporate trainers, right? So people who are able to facilitate. So these are people who are hosting workshops, hosting orientations, um, doing training classes, and it can be on any and every subject, right? But your people who are the essentially the face, right? The front line, the one who's going out there and delivering all of this information. Then you have instructional designers, so the people who are designing and developing the content. So that could, and that also, that's a big field as well inside of learning and development. So that's some people who are developing live in-person training courses, who are developing e-learning courses or micro-learning courses, people who are doing video editing, right? There's there's so much that goes along, along with that, a lot of analysis, a lot of development that has to be done. Um, and so, and the actual you know, design of these learning programs. So, you know, in a kind of typical way, right, if there's an instructional designer who's designing all of the programming, then you might have a facilitator who's actually the one to facilitate it. Uh, then you have leadership development. So leadership development typically fits under learning and development as well. So as, a, as its own entity um, or part of a bigger program, there's program management, there's learning management systems, administration and management, right? So we think about, again, being a very digital field that we have, that we are in, right? We need someone to help manage those systems for us. And there's you know, users and who's uploading uh, people as they come into the organization and making sure that the library of content is up to date, right? Managing those systems. Then there's coordination underneath that as well. So there's a lot that has to be happening, happen from a, a back end standpoint of running a, a learning and development department and making sure that, you know, classes are being scheduled and programs are, are uploaded when they need to be. And there's a lot of coordination that happens. And there's also sometimes event management, right? So there's uh, many learning development departments are responsible for putting on learning conferences within their organization. So that piece of it too, there's analysts and analytics that's involved, right? Looking at different uh, data points of the organization and seeing where the gaps are and how we can fill them. And then of course, there's kind of your higher level leadership positions too, and that's tra training strategy. So, you know, that's a, a very broad kind of easy overview of a kind of what's inside or what kind of like what you can really expect from inside of a learning and development department, um, kind of at the bare bones, right? So at the bare bones, you have people who can facilitate, people who can design and develop training, people who are strategic about it and kind of leading, leading the department, someone who's coordinating it, leadership development. So all of those kind of sit within the learning and development field. And again, every organization could be different. So that's that's the hard part about this, is that the actual structure, like I said, I've worked at four different organizations, I've had four totally different structures of the way the team works. But for the most part, every single team has had some someone, and sometimes it's you're you're both these things, right? There there's been times where I've been a facilitator and a program manager, or I've been an instructional designer and you know doing data analysis. So sometimes you can, depending on the type of roles that you're looking for, you can take on multiple hats and wear multiple hats. So that's kind of what sits under learning and development to kind of give you a general idea of the different pieces of the puzzle that would make up a learning and development team. And so the type of roles that you might see in here are, you know, corporate trainers or corporate facilitators, instructional designers, program managers, onboarding specialists, right? I mean, it kind of it runs the gambit. Really, anyone who has a part in the process of employee learning 
growth development, right? That role would sit nicely under learning and development. But learning and development isn't the only thing that's out there, right? And so I work with a lot of people who come to me and they say, I want to be in L&D. But as we start to peel back the layers, look at their transferable skills, look at what they actually you know, want to be doing in their next role, what type of interest they want to be tapping on, they realize that it's not necessarily L&D they want, but there's some adjacent fields that can sometimes sit under L&D or under HR or be its own. And so I wanna touch on some of the adjacent fields to learning and development as well. So the first one is organizational development. So it can be confusing, especially if you're new to this field, to know the difference between learning and development and organizational development. And so I have some, some definitions that I, again, pulled from some great credible resources that I'm going to link. But AIHR uh, Academy, this is how they define organizational development, and I really like it. Organizational development is a critical and science-based process that helps organizations build their capacity to change and achieve greater effectiveness by developing, improving, and reinforcing strategies, structures, and processes. So while learning and development is about, and you can see the dotted line between these two, because while learning and development is about the in the individuals and the organization, how can we help them reach their goals? Organizational development is kind of the, the bigger picture, the the kind of the, the circle around it all, right? The kind of umbrella of, okay, we have, we want the organization as a whole to build their capacity, right? So you can see the dotted line where it's if we need the organization to build a capacity or there's a big piece of change management that has to happen, there's probably a learning component to it as well. And so again, though, when you look at the roles that are inside of organizational development, they're not the same exact roles that you'll find inside of learning and development, right? They might have similar titles, but they actually have to have different goals sometimes too. So keeping that in mind that organizational development, there's a beautiful marriage between that and learning and development, but they're too, too different, right? Organizational development is really that uh, around the processes. It's going to help build organizational capacity and reach organizational goals and have you know organizational uh, greater organizational effectiveness and learning and development is how do we do that on the employee scale so we kind of we while there's that dotted line and we share goals there's actually two two different goals there so that's organizational development the other piece that i have a lot of people that end up really liking and kind of gearing towards is employee experience and employee engagement and it's really moved. I was reading I was reading an article earlier today about how like it's moved from employee engagement to employee experience, really thinking about, yes, you know, it's not so much about how do we engage them, it's how do we give them this really wonderful experience. And it's interesting, and I'll, I'll put that article here too. But Culture Amp defines employee experience like as this. So employee experience encapsulates what people encounter and observe over the course of their tenure at an organization. So employee experience, it's, it, I would say it's a newer field than learning and development. Um, and people are, again, realizing that in order for your organization to survive and thrive, you have to focus on the experience of the people who are inside of your organization. You know, I, I was talking to someone last night on a consultation call, and you know, one of the most backwards things that exists right now is when organizations put all of their focus on 
numbers and operations, right? Of sell more, sell more. I was actually talking to two people about this yesterday now that I think about it, right? Sell more, sell more, sell more, sell more. And they're not focusing on the actual employees themselves and their experience, right? So happy employees, employees who are enjoying their experience, who feel supported, are going to perform better. And when they perform better, the organization performs better. But it can never be the other way around, right? I once had a boss, a, a really toxic boss say, you know, I, I, had, I had said to this person, you know, I, I really would love the day where we, you know, cared as much about people as we did about operations. And this person said to me, well, without operations, no one has jobs. And I said, well, without people, no, there's no operations, right? So like you have to think about that. You know, it's that chicken before the egg, but the reality is that people do come first. A human being started this organization. The people came first before the product. So really important to, to think about from an employee experience perspective is how do we create a really wonderful experience? And it's more than just, you know, foosball and, you know, snacks in the kitchen while that's nice. It's what do the employees here really need from us and how do we create an experience that engages them more, that makes them happy to be here and feel that they're a part of something bigger than themselves. So there's a lot of research that you can do on diving deeper into employee experience, but that's one adjacent right, uh, industry or field to learning and development. Again, you can probably see that there's some similarities and dotted lines that part of the employee experience is making sure that they're educated, right? That they have they have the knowledge of school, the, the tools and the skills they need to perform their job well. Right? That, that makes for a good experience. There's a, a lot of dotted lines there. So then there's also sales enablement and enablement in general, right? So there's customer service enablement, there's sales enablement, um, there's a couple different types of revenue enablement. But according to HubSpot, I love their definition of it. They say sales enablement is the iterative process of providing your business's sales team with the resources they need to close more deals. These resources may include content, tools, knowledge, and information to effectively sell your product or service to customers. So a sales enablement is really around supporting the sales side of the organization. And you'll see that sales enablement typically does report into operations because it is reporting, you know, it is serving as the, the sales side of things. But the beautiful piece is, again, that dotted line, right, that, that same mission that learning and development has, which is how do we create resources you know, so people can can be effective in their role. Right? People are more confident, they're gonna sell more confidently. When they have the tools that they need, they're going to be more confident in that. And so it's making sure that the sales team has what they need to have that confidence to sell more, to reach their own personal goals. And a lot of time in sales, right, the more that you sell, the more money that you make. So that's that's part of you know, part of their compensation is making sure they have the tools that they need. And when we give them these tools, have we trained them on these tools? Have we shown them how to how to utilize them, how to close deals, what the product looks like, right? So making sure that sales professionals have it, have everything they need and more to be successful in their role because their livelihood depends on it. And so a lot of sales enablement roles do require some sort of sales background and knowledge. Um, but there are roles inside of sales enablement too, like instructional designers, right, where they, it doesn't matter if you have that, that background or not, they need people to help put that content together too. So don't think that sales enablement is just for people that have a sales background, um, but it is usually a preferred qualification or, or preferred requirement um, for these type of roles. Now, I did a really great podcast episode 
with John Moore, the collaborator. And we talk all about sales enablement inside of that episode. He is a leader in the space. Uh, he has uh, an incredible podcast, which I'll link to as well. Um, he's on LinkedIn, John Moore, the collaborator, John Moore, uh, and it gives a lot of great information uh, around sales enablement and has a really great um, newsletter as well. So make sure to, to subscribe to his stuff because he's great. And so if sales enablement is giving you a little like woohoo on the inside, he's a wonderful person to follow. All right, so the last kind of adjacency that I want to cover, and there's more. I, I I could probably be on this show for the next six hours talking about this, um, but I do want to cover customer education because that's something that's a, a growing field in my opinion. And from Skilljar, they they defined customer education as as this: customer education is content designed to onboard, engage, and retain your new and existing customers. That's delivered in a programmatic fashion via in-person and on-demand channels. Customer education is also sometimes referred to as customer training. A customer education program is designed to help users of your product or service better understand and find value in your offering. Right. So really thinking about customer education in the sense of it's learning and development but for your for customers. So anytime you think about ordering, having ordered a new service or you know, downloaded a, a, a new app. You know, for me, I have a lot of different um, websites and stuff that I use and technology that I use for, to run my business. And when I go on and I need help and it takes me to the help page and I can watch all these little you know, short videos to educate myself on the product, that's customer education. And so there's a, a component too of, of customer service in that. And I don't want to say that you're the ones you know, handling customer problems, right? But you're taking a look at what are the issues our customers are facing and how can we make it easier for them to solve these problems? So it really, it's learning and development, but it's it's external when you think about it, that inside of traditional learning and development, your customers are the employees. Whereas in customer education, it's the same type of process that you go through, right? But it's saying rather than my customers are my employees, it's my customers are the company's customers. How can I solve their problems? What gaps do they have in using the product? And again, it all goes back to that retention piece, right? The more comfortable they are with the project, the product, the more uh, you know, the more they're able to use it, the more they're able to like it, the longer that they stay using that product. So, customer education is a really cool, and I would say more emerging and um, newer side of L and D. And I'm really glad that it's it's getting the notoriety that it, it deserves because especially as we go more and more digital as, as a world that's inevitable and COVID just kind of you know, was a catalyst to that. There are so many roles now that are coming up in all different types of industries that require people to be educated in something. And so it's What's beautiful is that this has opened so many more roles in the learning and development and adjacent spaces you know, for people just like you <laughs> to be able to transition into. Okay, and within all of these roles too, right, there can be trainers, instructional designers, program managers, right? So the the tight, I don't want you to focus so much on the title, although I do have a resource for you I'm gonna talk about in a second, but I don't want you to focus as much on the title as it as the for right now, kind of what what each function does. And if either any of those functions, including learning and development itself, really calls to you. And so the last thing I want to focus on, and this is a lot of the work that I do inside the niche workshop, a lot of the work that we do inside the group coaching program uh, that'll be launching again in January, but is 
how do I know if I want to get into learning and development, right? How do I actually know that it's right for me? And I talk about this a lot, just period, but you know, there's no unique skill set to learning and development. So there's a lot, and it doesn't mean that there's nothing to learn. There's a lot to learn. I always say learning and development is like the universe. It's constantly expanding, right? So it's, it's hard to chase and learn everything. But there's no unique skill set inside of learning and development, which means that every skill that you utilize inside of this field and this space in this industry is a transferable skill. So how do you know if it's the right role for you or the right department for you if, if you want to get into learning and development or something adjacent? Well, here's what all of those adjacencies have in common. And so if I want you to think about these questions, the first is, do you have a passion for helping others understand things better? If you do, this could be a really great industry for you, learning and development as a whole, including these adjacencies, right? So if you have a strong passion for helping others understand things better, you have a knack for doing that. You know, so many people who get into learning and development, they don't realize how long they've actually been doing learning and development. I was uh, just talking to a client, a one-on-one -on -one client the other day, and I asked her, I said, I want you just to really quickly give me your elevator pitch. Like if a, if a recruiter who you're interviewing with says, you know, tell me about, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself, you know, kind of that, that elevator pitch spiel. And she gave me her elevator pitch and she paused afterwards and she's like, oh my gosh, like I just realized I've been doing learning and development before I even knew I was doing learning and development, right? And so a lot of times that that happens and we think about that and it's, you know, whether we at our jobs, we were the ones who people always came to with questions or, you know, for me in particular, before I even knew learning and development was a, a job to be had, I was always putting job aids together. I was always making booklets and job aids and, you know, all of these, all of these things I was putting together. I didn't know it was learning and development, but I, I know that now, right? But in that time, I just really enjoyed helping people understand things better. So I would go, I was a sales manager and I would you know, we would get new new properties. I was in property management and I would go to these new properties and I would create these little booklets for people and help people and train people. But I didn't know that could be a job one day. I had no freaking clue that I, I could make my whole life's work around that, right? So I just had this inherent passion for helping other people understand things better. And I think along with that is like thinking about, do you get lit up inside when you see other people's light bulb moment? You know, for me, that's my why. Like when I look at why I do what I do now, why I've loved L&D so much, it's watching that moment where something clicks for someone and knowing that I had an impact in that, that I just helped them get from point A to point B. And now how do we go from point B to point C? and what that's actually going to mean for them. So really understanding that butterfly effect. So if you like that moment of like, wow, I just helped that person like have that light bulb moment, this is a really wonderful industry for you. You know, if you enjoy watching people grow in their careers, that was, I would say, one of, if not the most wonderful thing about being, and for me, I think about this too when I was a corporate trainer, when I first started and I was a facilitator, is watching you know, what I facilitated come to life and having people email me and say, after taking your sales class, I closed on six deals or it's been six months and I didn't have any, you know, any, any 
any closes and now I've been closing you know once a week right so it's those type of things of, of realizing people growing in their careers and also I mean I was at one of my organizations for six years and being able to watch people that came into my sales class as a brand new hire and watching their career and then having them come back and you know learn leadership programming from me and to be part of cohorts and and then watching them become leaders inside the organization right so it's it's a very powerful thing and for you if you enjoy watching people grow in their careers learning and development or any of these adjacencies is a really wonderful place to be and if you have a a desire to make an impact on people and organizations so remember it's i mean that's that's the beautiful part of this too is like Learning and development, if done right, and that's why I always say work for the, you have to find the right role at the right company. But if done right, you are able to see the fruits of your labor. It's so wonderful to be able to see, wow, I worked on that program and that program now has helped X amount of people make X amount of dollars and you know feel more confident in their role. And now the organization has, has benefited from it too. I, many years ago, it's probably early on in my training career, we were trying to increase our, our phone sales conversion. So increasing from, you know, people who were talking to us on the phone to actually leasing an apartment from us. And so we did this really awesome contest, uh, but it was, it was educational and it was around the time of Game of Thrones. So we called it Game of Phones <laughs> and the whole organization got really, really into it. And it was educating people week by week on different phone skills uh, tips. And every single week we got to watch the kind of these metrics come in and seeing people getting more and more confident with their phone skills and ability. They were making money off of it. And at the end of, I think it was, I wanna say actually it was like 12 weeks long. You know, the our phone conversion had gone up. So uh, I think 2%, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it ended up equating to like $6 million or $8 million. So something, you know, something really, really intense. So here you have people who are enjoying learning, who are learning more, who are putting more money in their own pockets from closing those sales and also the organization benefiting. So thinking about that, if you really enjoy helping people and also helping the organization and being able to really see the fruits of your labor, that it was so cool at the end of that to be like, wow, look at all these people who, you know, increase their conversion scores and they're making they're making money off of that. Like that's money in their own pocket and look at how well the organization performed. You know, it was really really impactful to see that. And so the last thing I want to kind of close off with too is keeping in mind that there's not one personality type that's best for learning and development. You do not have to be an extrovert who wants to be a public speaker. There is a space for every single type of personality inside of learning and development. It is a beautiful amalgamation of all different personality types, all different backgrounds, all different experiences that come together and say, hey, Here's an idea to help the organization. Here's an idea to help the employees be more confident inside of the organization. And so just thinking about that is that there's a place, if you want it, there's a place for you inside of learning and development or one of these adjacencies that we talked about. So I am, I do have actually, it's uh, live on my website now, but a brand new freebie that goes into all of this that we just talked about today. Um, but I do give 10 different positions that are in each of those categories. So learning and development, instructional design, sales enablement, employee experience, um, and customer education. 
So if you go to theovernighttrainer.com, it'll be on every page, um, but you can go ahead and download, uh, put in your email address and you can download the guide. So what the guide does is it breaks down all of these categories that I just talked about, gives you that kind of intro into, into learning and development. And uh, I do give 10 sample positions. And by all means, this is just a sample. There are there are thousands, if not tens of thousands of different types of roles um, that fit within these categories. And there's more categories too. I just wanted to kind of make, kind of give you the, the entry level kind of understanding of, of what learning and development is and what's adjacent to it. So you can find that on my website. If you go to theovernighttrainer.com, it'll be on every single page for you to download the, the this guide around what is L&D and 50 different positions, as well as the skills, to, uh, the top three skills needed for each position. So it goes into a, a lot of depth. It's several pages long, uh, but it'd be really helpful, especially if you're new to, new to L&D, or even if you are not new to L&D and you made it this far, <laughs> it's really helpful to also figure out what your next step would be. So I always like to use this as part of a framework too of, you know, looking at the different skill sets for each each role and where would my skill sets be utilized best. So I hope this episode helped clarify things for you, give you a little bit more of an in-depth look into what L&D is, what are the, what's the function of it, what's adjacent to it, and if it's right for you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If it resonated with you in any way, please let me know by subscribing, liking, and leaving a review. I'd love to hear from you on how you're using these tools as well as what you want to hear more of. So connect with me on LinkedIn at Sarah Canistra, send me a DM, or email me at hello at theovernighttrainer.com. I can't wait to hear from you. And until next week, stay learning.